Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment Podcast. This week is Chaplain Jim Parkin and Asha Chandler. What is cracking? I'm back in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> For how long? How long are you guys back? Well, I was going to be back until the 27th, until next week. But airlines are still canceling and delaying flights enough that it makes me nervous to try to fly in for my sister's wedding. Uh, okay. So we're just going to stay through for that. And so I'll be here until August 8th. And then we'll be back in Florida for a couple of weeks and then back for school. Because we still don't know what our life is. <laughs> it's fine. It is so wild. It's so wild. It is so wild. But, you know, it's it's good. Um, even the drive home, the kids did an awesome job. Um, less geared up for that than the first time. It was, it was, It's a lot like, you know keep talking about resiliency building resiliency and and it's kind of neat to look back and be like oh i did that and now it's not so crazy yeah now it's not so scary and stuff to go through stuff a first time around so but it's it's really weird kind of doing the single parent thing with my without without my hubby so i mean we've got um friends one set of one friend um family of ours they're pilot right so home a week mm-hmm. on a week home a week and Kira was like mom they do this every other week I'm like I know this is a big deal think about and then I even threw out throughout I mean think about the folks that have a mom or dad that are deployed I said if daddy was deployed deployed for 10 months we wouldn't see him I think I added it up it was going to be like April of next year you know so doing only electronic connection and mm-hmm. stuff like that so um yeah, I mean, I, people do it all the time. People do it all the time, you know. So not to minimize, and I think it kind of goes along the vein of what we're going to kind of talk about right. tonight, you know, not to minimize it. But in one way, I have such a an awe and appreciation for folks that this is their normal. This is what they mm-hmm. do all the time. And then it encourages me that, like, I, I can do this, too. If somebody else can hang in there for a minute, I can do this, too. And so... um and then I'm just really super grateful for just awesome friends and family community that makes this so much easier. I couldn't imagine doing this alone. I couldn't imagine not having people that I could call and talk to and talk through right. stuff with. And um, so God is good, man. So one, mm-hmm. step, at, one mm-hmm. step at a time. So it's still kind of a season of like, ah, I, I, I don't know. But Is the job going well, though? The job is going well. Um, Nick is liking it. It's easier for Nick to be down there because it feels like home because he lived down there for 10 years when he was younger. So that's a benefit to his benefit to kind of slide in. And, you know, whereas me, it's a lot more culture shock, a lot more the environment and the city. You know, it's crazy. Um, And Nick is a lot more introverted. So for him to go to work and have all the people time at work and then come home, it's it's still away from his family, but it's not. Like if I was doing this, like <laughs> down somewhere yeah. by myself, you know what I mean? So, right. um, so he's doing good. Um, kids are doing good. We're catching up with friends, keeping busy and stuff. So, um, it's hard being apart, but we're, we're doing well. So, um, 
yeah, so it's it's wild. You know, mm. I, I kudos to the folks that do this often and are doing yep. this right now. So right on. Yeah. So and we're just doing our thing, man. Yeah, how's everything we're, at the compound? Sick. We got our gates and rails all up, so our stupid Grand Blank Township inspection passed. I believe the dude was pissed off that he had to pass us. Why? Just because he didn't shake my hand, just gave us the gate. You're good to go. Turn around and stormtroopered off my driveway. <laughs> Why would he but, be mad at you, though? Uh, because I drug my feet for since 2018 to do this project. Just on. <laughs> yeah, you might have. You, you just out have. of spite. <laughs> just because it's a money grab and I don't like that sort of thing, man. So, yeah. yeah. With that being said, as Paul says, to honor those in authority above you. I did not do that in case, in this case. So here now I repent that, but whatever, we've moved on. That's the whole give unto Caesar what's due to Caesar. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> render under Caesar, and that's what we did. There you go. Oh, cool. It's wild. So it's been hot enough that, to use that dang pool, man. I think I brought yeah, one with me. <laughs> it was crazy. Today we were up in Saginaw, so sometimes they'll pull us up to Saginaw to okay. help them out with the non-emergency stuff. Okay. And then once we got done with that, we were headed back and it just started storming. Dude, storm comes through and like we watch it and it passes over 75 as we're going. There was some dude who's like spun out and his boat tipped over off his trailer. So traffic was all messed up. But then a whole storm goes by and then 911 gives us the alert that there's (laughs) like a severe thunderstorm warning in North County. Uh, yep, you were right on the ball with that one. <laughs> it's in Lapeer County now, Jack. <laughs> but oh, whatever. Yeah, works good. You know, they did a couple weeks in a row, the company newsletter where they spoke on TLE and that church. That was really cool. Thank you the to burritos. whoever at MMR did that. Yeah, that was sick. Very That's kind. the vice president. That was awesome. It's, it's yeah, the VP of operations. That was cool. Okay. We're very much appreciative. Lori okay. is her name. Well, it's just cool, like to to look into it, and they're really pressing, and and, and kind of investigating how to get some faith, some spirituality, some Christianity into EMS, because yeah. it's one of like we kind of talked about with her. It's like one of the areas that's lacking, you know. And and my thing was well, because we don't have chaplains. The police department has a chaplain. Yeah. Sheriff's department has a chaplain. The fire department has a chaplain. And we don't, you know, and I'm biased to that. Right. So that, that was my, you know, this is why we're in kind of where we are. That's awesome. So. That's awesome. That's that. It's definitely needed. Oh yeah, for sure. Needed entity, you know. So we have some stuff in the works for MMR, for MMR listeners, for Genesee division. We're going to be, we're working on doing like a monthly gathering do like a potluck and Bible verses and some worship music and stuff. So will hang. So if that's at the parking compound, that, that might be a thing, but I don't know. We can probably make that happen. Yeah. 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 So that's what we got, which kind of segues because these are all things that help with my least favorite word, trauma. And that's what we're getting into tonight. (laughs) 
just the, this, uh, we talked offline before we started and just, you know, kind of in this season of this is an overused word. Okay. So what you know, would you, is, so how do we want to, not necessarily we, but how, let's define trauma. Let's discuss kind of know, quickly just look it up. what it is. I've been doing a little bit more training and, and reading on this. Um, There's, of course, physical trauma. Physical trauma. Yeah. And that'd be, you know, gunshot, car accident. Yes. Fall off skateboard. Right. So we were you talking know. about trauma that affects the brain, emotion, mind. Right. So this, um, from the American Psychological Association, their definition says trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event like accident, rape, or natural disaster immediately after the shock, immediately after the event, shock and denial are typical. Long-term reactions include unpredictable emotions, flashbacks, strained relationships, and even physical symptoms like headaches or nausea. But basically, so the definition is an emotional response to a, like a terrible event. Okay. Okay. Which is fair. I don't disagree. That's a, that's, I, I feel like the, and I think that's part of why we're talking about this tonight. I think that's been kind of the known, like a, some, like kind of when people think of trauma, that's what people mm-hmm. think of, but now it's starting to kind of change. People are using this, this term more often. Um, right. There's more studies and research now out there about what trauma does um, even long-term stress, and some people would even discuss that trauma is on kind of a scale of, of stress to trauma in the body. See, what? Yeah. So then depending See, but on, this is what I'm saying, man. Yeah, so, so this is why we're talking about this, yeah. But this then it becomes like any little thing that I decide, right? It's – so, so if the post from office what stresses me out, then I can say – that that equates to a traumatic event every time I have to go mail a package. It's, it's more like a, like how much you add to it. So how much toxin do I add? Like, for example, how much toxin, maybe I can add, I can handle a little bit. My body can rest, reset, recover. But then over time, if I'm, if I don't deal with that toxin in my system, it can add up in the body. That that's kind of what this one model is, is discussing over time. Um, so, for example, um, somebody in like a really crappy relational situation or job situation over time, over time, they can show symptoms of trauma in the body that maybe somebody did with a singular accident, like sleeplessness, um, like headaches, um, like there's they're showing more symptoms than just the the acute nausea and things of like after like an incident Um of PTSD, trauma, trauma experiences, like over time, like, so it's becoming more muddy of what people are showing as far as traumatic for one person to another. So no, I'm not saying that like, Hey, you know, riding the subway stresses me out, but maybe over time, somebody experiencing the same type of situation over and over and over, um, that, that could be over time, giving somebody in their body and mind 
um, symptoms of, of trauma. So that this is this, and that's just wh- one. I'm so getting irritated. I know. I can see it on your face. I can see it on your face. <laughs> but I mean, and this is okay. So somebody like so one case study I was reading about was somebody that had a performance mentality because of the way they grew up. It was just always like like push through and drive on. So they're their way of just pushing through they ignored so much of what their body needed for rest and recovery recovery that over time Mm -hmm. they ended up having like what would be more similar to nick's case of just kind of having like a a breaking point and then now there's all this unresolved trauma so in nick's case he used he had years and years of migraines and then when he started going to counseling within a year his migraine stopped but he was still having, um, like, he's he's still taking medication to be able to sleep sleep at night. But it used to be a lot worse. <laughs> right. So so you know, like, so we're talking about different experiences and different, I think, different types of trauma. Um, and I think that that's why it gets it can get really really muddy. Yeah. And I think that's why we're talking about it. <laughs> right. Well, because, you know, like right now, one of my greatest sources of frustration is for people to speak for us in the first responder community or the veteran community right. and kind of decide for us what our trauma looks like. Yeah. And that's never And then yeah. at the same time, they come back around and diminish it because their civilian trauma is just as bad. So you see what I mean? Yeah. And and that's. And I think that's the first rule of trauma is that you don't compare trauma. Right. Because it's. it's, Yeah. So whoever's doing that is it's not that's never right. That's never. Oh, you. Oh, your dad passed away. Well, you know, my dad, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not what you ever do to another human being. Right. And see, and uh, well, and that's a good example, because I've had conversations with friends whose parents have passed away. And they knew my dad passed away, but it was completely different. My dad was sick for years and years and years and in a nursing home. Yeah. Didn't remember who any of us were and then passed away. Yeah. It's not like had a heart attack on Saturday morning and now he's gone. Right. Or a car accident or whatever the case. It wasn't like that. So it was right. completely different. It's not, it's like not a linear thing, trauma. Right. I mean, it's not just. Yeah. So. You know, and and I I like getting into this because I think for all of us that are first responders and veterans and stuff like that, I've said it before and I'll say it a million more times while in the course of this podcast, you know, while we do it. But there's a certain part of you when you're a police, fire, EMS, ER doc, nurse, soldier, Marine, whatever the case, that you knew what you were getting into, right? It does add up. It's, it adds up in the, on that kind of baseline. Yeah. That's true. But like we were talking about earlier, as an example, if I'll say it like this, because most people apparently like football. So I'll say, in, like, if you look at a physical traumatic event, if the 275-pound linebacker tackles the 230-pound running back at full speed. You see that huge collision, 
is still causing trauma to the body. Yeah. But that running back and that linebacker are set up, they're trained, they're physically capable of handling that trauma differently than if I went at a full sprint towards you and tackled you in my yard. Right. You know? Right. I might be okay, but you're not set up for that. So, And I I may not have had any idea that it was coming. Right. Or felt like I had any control. So there's another word that a lot of agency somebody have a yes. having a, a feeling of control or an ability to have some sort of involvement and exchange in what's going on with them mm-hmm. and so for um the person that goes through an experience and feels like they don't have right you know and and they're just mm-hmm. kind of at a loss of what's going on around them just like the definition that you you read their mm-hmm. response to that experience right. would be very different than you that, you know, you're saying I'm, I'm going into this industry and I'm willingly putting myself mm-hmm. in fire so that I can do something about these circumstances. Yep. That's night and day different. Right. And right. because it's different, nobody can say, okay, well, all EMS providers, all medical, you know, providers, all, you know, all these folks, they have the same experience and they don't because no, they see their different. life and their experiences and they've been through all different experiences. Mm-hmm. So it's all and it's different. never right. I would say for us, it's never right to, to, uh, and, and you have to kind of draw, make a defining line between what we're doing here in the first responder community and civilians. Yeah. Right. It's just, like it just is what it is. So there's got to be that separation, but it would never be right for me to compare what I've been through to what a civilian has been through because I trained for what I've gone through. Exactly. Like no one ever trained to be a, a rape victim. That's right. not, that's non-existent. Right. That didn't happen. Right. For me, like, and for all of us that, that are responding to a call, please fire EMS whoever who who going into combat you know you like i have a good idea what i'm going to see if i'm going to a shooting yeah i've I've done that now right and and through experience i'm okay i'm pretty good with compartmentalizing you know we talked about this before being we went online here there was i was telling the story i was listening to the joe rogan podcast and he had tim kennedy who anybody in our kind of industry in my world kind of knows who that guy is. Um, UFC fighter, author, trains civilians and, and police okay. for it to be more tactical and more like spatial awareness, you know, um, started a charter school, I think in Texas, all the things, but he's a special forces wow. operator and a ranger and he's done all the things. And he was telling this story to Joe Rogan, about the most recent exfil by that i mean leave like the removing of personnel from from afghanistan so like you infiltrate and then you exfil when you leave okay so anyways they're rushing to get afghan nationals which would be their interpreters anybody who worked for them and their families out cuz with that horrible exfil for basically every mile 
the U.S. relinquished, the Taliban would take. Right. So they're, they're rushing, trying to get these people. And he's telling this story of these moms would float or kind of like crowd surf their babies to the fence line, hoping that the soldiers would pull their babies to safety. And in some cases, they would throw the baby over the fence line. And then you can do the simple math, what would happen there. But he's talking about all this. You're seeing all this stuff, but you're not taking the time to emotionally deal with all this stuff yeah. because you're in the moment of doing what you're doing. Right. You know, and that's kind of what what we're doing when you're on a call. I mean, it's a traumatic experience being in the room when someone's dying. It just is. Yeah. But after you're like four or five hundred full arrest, I now know what I'm going to deal with. I know what's going to be around. I kind of, you know, do I always emotionally deal with that right away? I mean, if that's eating a burrito, I guess in some ways. But like, you know, my point here is, is that as first responders, as like hospital personnel, as uh, veterans, as soldiers and Marines and all that stuff, there's a different knowledge. There's a different level of we, we know what we're going to see. Yeah. It's going to affect us much like it's going to affect the civilian who doesn't really know what they're getting to, into. They're just finding themselves in a situation. So, I mean, there is different, you know, it is different for us. It's where there's more of a, uh, is you, would you say capability of handling it or is it just, just kind of a byproduct? I, you know, again, I think it kind of depends on the person because I, I think that you probably know folks in your industry that maybe aren't as capable as you would expect oh, them yeah, to be yeah, like yes. 10, 15 years later. And, you mm-hmm. know, and, and a lot of folks that drop out of the industry because they are, they have not figured out any tools to rest and recover both mentally and physically, emotionally, right. spiritually to be able to continue doing the job and then it just overloads, overloads, and then they're just, they're spent. So I think that hopefully a person, a a generally self-aware whole person might figure out, hey, I'm kind of struggling right now. I need to go Mm -hmm. get help. I need to go figure out what I need. Am I not sleeping enough? Do I need to work out? Do I need to eat better? Like, this isn't working and I need to make a change. But mm-hmm. folks that don't, that maybe feel victim, maybe their expectations are different. They're not willing to make any changes and they're just right. kind of existing in the suck and it's just kind of bringing them down. Right. So right. I don't think it's necessarily like a, I mean, then you talk about just a genetic capacity that maybe is just inherently with certain people. You've kind of talked about oh, that before, yeah. like True. just kind of, naturally bent one way or the other right you know what i mean um i you know that's fair some people are some people aren't and it doesn't mean it doesn't like and that's kind of societal right that's across the board right but it doesn't necessarily mean that you know maybe if i would have been in a different place or time and tried ems maybe i would have liked it being younger maybe i didn't get married right away and started having kids maybe i went through training and felt like i really enjoyed it. I mean, you know, it's really hard to kind of, I know at this point going on ride alongs, it's not my jam, but whether or not, you know what I mean? But I mean, there's certain things I wonder, could I do this if I chose to do it? 
and then again having having the intentional choice to learn right. be equipped learn how to do the job but then I, the, I agree with you I think that some people just have a little bit different capacity than others right and that's fair it's okay yeah it's, it's you know it's not a it's not a, a, a plug or a knock you know no. either way but it's just yeah. it just kind of is one of those things right yeah yeah you know it's and a lot of times you see people they don't they don't hang around right. like one of the most impressive humans that i've ever met was a young lady who went through she went emt directly from the emt program to the medic program and then came to us and started doing her training and like one call one call in and it was i think something traumatic and something pediatric but she was like mm mm because it was very intense it wasn't it was it was a scene that i had to go see the debriefing person for and i had been like 9 years in right but like so she Some was people like people just get that luck like, in the nope. draw man like and and i'm out you know, and and everybody was like, are you sure? What's wrong with you? Why would you waste it? Because I was like, because, dude, leave her alone. She knows. Yeah. Like, if you know, you know. Yeah. If you know this is what you're wired for, then, but if it's, you know, I think it has to be okay for people to understand that there's, like, if you, this isn't your thing, it's okay for you to leave. Yeah. Well, because there's other people's lives on the line, you know. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want somebody that isn't right. Yeah. Right. Well, no. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. You know, but you know, so back to let's swing this back around. So, I would say trauma exists in levels, though, right? Yeah. For depending on the human. Yeah. You know, I think that. Every, everybody, you know, like I said, it's not linear, but, you know, I've talked to our friend, Tammy Cromer, director of Clara's Hope. So she's got quite a bit of knowledge on kid trauma, you know, the trauma of, you know, I guess in some ways I've seen that, like when mom and dad or mom and boyfriend or whoever are overdosing in the front seat of a car, Yeah, you know. And so that baby, so let's look at that. That's a good, that's a good scenario to talk about. So for me, it's another event where two people are not breathing, you know, so I have to do all the things to save their lives. At the same time, there's two infant children in car seats in the back in the heat, you know, so now that is an aspect of the call yeah. and we're dealing with all those things. Now, those two kids, like toddler, probably they weren't infants, probably not really old enough to know other than when the people from CPS came and took them. Yeah. You and there's my, my guess is there's a lot of other daily occurrences that were wiring their brain one way or the other. True. And so they, from what I've the training I've done for prison project, there's probably a lot of what they call pre-verbal trauma, which is stuff that occurs generally before the age of five that a child does not have the brain development to reason and process. 
And so, so then to them, it's just normal day, day to day. It's day to day, but it's wired their brain a certain way. And because it, now it's abnormal behavior, it's abnormal responses to things, then we would say, okay, that change is now trauma that's occurred to the brain because it's different than what a normal, normally developed child's brain would be if they were fed, clothed, cared for uh, in, in a normal manner. Does that make sense? So, so then the trauma so becomes normal care? Like what we would say, what you and I would think of as normal care for a small, younger than five-aged human. So their brain's wired one way, and then they come into the foster home where they're loved and cared for and cleaned and fed and clothed and all the things. Right. So now that is the trauma? Is that what you're telling me? No, what I'm saying is that the... Their normal is trauma. Right. But it's, they don't like. Um, but they don't know the trauma's trauma. They don't know. Maybe they don't necessarily know that the trauma's trauma and they can't um. verbalize it. They don't know. So, but there still is probably adverse things that have happened to them on a daily, you know. So, for example, uh, we know a kid that's been adopted that was left in her crib for hours, maybe days on end, because mom was overdosing and doing things in her living room, like drug mm -hmm. abusing and drinking. And so that poor baby got left in her crib and probably cried and cried and cried and cried and was hungry. And just at some point, you know, like who, who knows, just maybe didn't, didn't, you know, stop crying, you know, whatever. But even now is still showing, um, still working through, um, just uncertainty of when food is coming, like food mm -hmm. and snacks need to be regulated so that it's not overly consumed, but that she has a security that food is going to still like, cause there was so much information by 12 yeah. months old given to that little brain that I don't know when food's coming. I don't know when care is coming. Mm -hmm. So all that information is now, even though she's older now, it's still information experience that she's got in her little brain. So, all that stuff. If a kid was, you know, hit, you know, hit a lot, you know, abused physically a lot, the mm -hmm. child probably doesn't enjoy being abused. You know what I mean? No. So there's, there's all those things that did they, you know, separate their body from the brain. There's a lot of studies showing that how people just separate, oh, like, yep. you know, yes. kind of, you know, so there's even, um, cases where kids that have been sexually abused, like they just even don't have feeling in lower parts of their body because they've become so separate, how their brain like separated everything to basically kind of keep them safe and survive. So mm -hmm. they learned all these skills to survive right. and get, get them to hear, but they're not necessarily what I'm saying, normal behaviors that a child would have if they were cared for in an appropriate right. way. So right. yeah, all that, to, sorry, all that to kind of come around to say that, those two well, babies in the back seat probably have a lot of trauma probably, that yeah. they can't express and they don't right. have direct memories that they're going to be able, you know, later in therapy say, Oh yeah. At nine months old, I remember when mom and dad did blah, Being blah, blah, the blah, speedway blah. Park right. Park. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, it's so many so, facets and like most things, there's so much nuance. Right. Right. But that same kind of thing though, I can, over the course of a career of all the things I've seen and done is what I'm doing is like, I have my box. I'm just tuck this away. 
and tuck that away. And right. tuck, we'll get to it. Not right now, because I'm in the middle of the thing. Right. And for a lot what people, what those of you listening that are EMTs, paramedics, nurses, doctors, you know, fire, police, all of it, soldiers, we're in the thing. So we're going to store it away until we're not in the thing. Yeah. I have dear friends that would tell me that you don't even know how bad it is until you're done. And then it's going to start creeping up. And that's, who knows? But I know that, that now's not the time. And like, not, I mean, not, not now, not now in my life in general, but like when working, when doing the actual thing, it's not the time to, you know, no, that makes sense. To try to emotionally deal with it. Now, if it's yeah. an event big enough that you need to emotionally deal with it, right. there's things, there's steps, there's there's policies in place. Right. Like if it's that big of a deal, you go home. Right. Well, and you I go think, to deal with it. You talk to this person or that person. But knowing you, you know. for quite some time now, I know that you you compartmentalize things very differently than maybe a, a different person would. And so you're, you're very much at peace to recognize certain things happen a certain way. Mm-hmm. And this is the hand that I have in these circumstances. And this is the, the capacity that God has given me. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm at peace with that. And I give God the rest of it. Like you are very good at that. Whereas another maybe first timer, younger provider, I don't know who, um, right. That might come into that circumstance and feel so helpless for those two babies in the backseat. And for them, maybe their expectation, their worldview, their their faith understanding, they can't wrap their brain around children being treated like that and seeing Mm -hmm. it. And for them, maybe that's traumatic because they just can't, like, they just can't be okay with that. And then, so a lot of times what we see in that situation is so like I approach scene and the two adults are unresponsive because they've overdosed and sure. Yep. There's two small children in the back, but they're breathing. And that person who's new, their focus is shift over here. We still got two people. We need to save their lives. Right. As cruddy as they may be. Right. Still got to do the thing. And then that person this has actually really happened before lashes out at me for taking care of them. And it's just not the at the time, what it becomes is they just maybe didn't have the capacity to be able to be, uh, I see it too. And they're breathing. So they're fine. They're fine right now. Yeah. We're not talking about like what we'll find years later. We don't need to stabilize in. them. Yeah. We don't need to stabilize them. We got to don't get, worry about their yeah. mental health right now. They're infants. We, these right. people are dead. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah. that just comes with, that's yeah. just much like Mr. Kennedy's story of like seeing all these things going on. But the mission is to get these hundred people through the gate to get them on the plane to get them out of country to safety. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's like I told you there was a scenario car accident or one man had been ejected. And so he's well deceased and I'm straddling, like standing him, he's between my legs. I'm basically straddling him to get to the person that we could potentially save. Now, do I, in the moment, do I remember, of course, 
You know, I am aware of the space around me, but now's not the time to be, oh my gosh, I'm standing over a dead dude. Right. You know, and those are just, the capacity is different and the skill set's different. Therefore, the trauma is different. Right. Right. Or at least it's handled different. Absolutely. Well, I mean, just on a simple, simple example, the day that Isaac got the shovel to his finger and I lose my ever loving mind, I'm screaming at both girls. What are we doing with the shovel outside? Why were you even, you know, like I'm freaking out. Whereas if you were standing in my driveway, you probably would have looked at his finger and been like, ah, okay, take him to whatever. But I'm I'm losing. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> it's but it's it's a very interesting word. I still believe that there were in a and and a lot of these things, a lot of the maybe not so much misuse but overuse of yeah. things like PTSD and trauma yeah. and all these mental health this or that, a largely is based on because you can this handheld computer, you know. And so if someone who really doesn't know, but doesn't really fully understand what it is, you know, and they're going through a hard time and they read that same definition that I read on the pod here tonight, then they're like, oh, well, I have post-traumatic stress because I've been through this or I've been through an event. Right. And, and whatever that event was. Well, like, I think the, the key, the key events, is there think, is the response that you were talking about. That the right. definition said that there is a response to experiences and every human being on this planet will respond to experiences differently. Absolutely right. Yep. And every human being has a different sense of agency or control going through different circumstances. And so that's the key is that we all experience completely different things in our lives but we all have a different framework that we're looking at and engaging in those things. And then Mm -hmm. coming through those experiences, feeling like we can take something from it. We can do something with it. We're helpless in it, you know, all, all that stuff, you know? And, and I think that it's, it's really cool and, and important to understand that, you know, EMS providers there's, yeah. Okay. So exactly what you're saying. So all these folks have gone through all these things. Not all of them have trauma. Maybe they're doing a really dang awesome job resting, recovering from their Mm -hmm. job on a weekly basis. They're doing a great thing. Because I know, um, like, one of the trauma therapy, you know, folks in town here that deals with um, child and family trauma therapy She's like, I know exactly what I need to do every week to take care of myself. Otherwise, I can't do this job. Right. There's no way that I could listen to what I listen to on a daily basis of these these kids and families, what they've gone through. If I, you know, if I don't. Right. Do what I physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally need to do for my own my own health. Right. You know, with that, it's like it's kind of the baseline how to deal with it for all you new EMTs and paramedics. It's not our emergency. It's, it's not our traumatic event. We're just functioning within someone else's traumatic event That's in the capacity, 
in which we're trained, you know, in what we're trained to do. Yeah. Does, does, is there a byproduct of that? Does there, do we, you know, I referred to us before, Ashley, you know, this is grief mops. So are we sopping up some of that trauma within ourselves? Yeah. But it's not really ours to have, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just a, uh, that just kind of came to me right there. But it's, when you think about it, it's, it's, we're in it, we're in other people's trauma with them, but we don't necessarily get to take ownership of it and call it our own. You know what I'm saying? That's wise. That's good. So, yeah. That's really good. I don't, I don't think I have anything else. I should stop while I'm ahead. <laughs> no, I just, you know, it's just, it's a big thing. It's a big thing to deal with. You know, I think that if for me, for like a closing thought for my people, for my EMS providers, especially, like I said, this, we're just operating as someone else's traumatic event. But the one thing we can't ever do is compare and one up and, and we lean on each other. You know, I shared something yesterday. We have a little group page. And one of my favorite things on Instagram right now is this page called the, the Spiritual Homie. <laughs> and yesterday, I like the stuff that you're sharing from that. That's yesterday, good. the homie said when, you know, when one family member wins, basically the whole family yeah. wins, you know, and vice versa. When one is hurting, we're all hurting. So we lean on each other. We'll, lift each other up, build each other up, but we never compare, you know, you know, one up bad days. Just, yeah. That's just foolishness. Yeah. So, that's yeah, that. I and, mean, and with that, I mean, if you know, if, if you've seen a little bit and you know, it can help people make, help them on, you know, I mean, exactly, exactly that. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm just saying what you just said. But it's, it is, it is true. And we should always be hip to the fact or wise to the fact that we train for this. We ask for this, Yeah, you know, or we're called to it, but largely like we knew, we knew what we're getting into. You know, a lot of people don't like it when I say that, but we knew what we were getting into. You know, there is occasions where it's something super wild. I understand, but we knew what we were getting into. But the, the young lady that's sexually abused or raped or yeah. the kid who's abused, they, there's they, no one trained ever for that. You know, so comparing trauma to trauma, you know, it's what we're going to call the show, but is not a wise thing to do. Yeah. 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 So if you if you're somebody that you feel like you might might be needing some help, look, look mm-hmm. around you, see who who's doing it well. And, and figure out why they're doing it well. Right. And then if you're someone that you, you feel like you're, you've got a pretty good handle, you do, you do well, uh, you know, be looking around for somebody that might be struggling a little bit. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I think that's more of what I was trying to express. Oh yeah. You know, keep your eyes no, open. You, either, either side of it, you know, keep your eyes open for somebody who does it well, you know, be willing to kind of learn a bit, you know, and then keep mm-hmm. your eyes open for somebody that, that needs you. So cool sick well all right as usual thank you to freedom center church and the kingdom builders and thank you most especially thank you to our listeners 
We appreciate you guys. All this time, still coming back for more. So that's it. Hope this encourages somebody out there. Share it with your friends. And that's it. See you next time. See ya.